verses 7 through 8. Amen. 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 Give you all a few more seconds to get there. I still hear pages being turned. All right. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you. I thank you again for the, just the opportunity to be a small part of your church. God, it has been amazing to watch the congregation here grow, leadership grow, my family, myself grow tremendously. God, I just ask that you continue to grow us in your direction, that this is about you. It's your growth. It's your timing, Father. Don't let us rush it. And please do not let us be lazy to jump to it in the time that you need it done. God, I ask that you continue to guide us, mold us as your children. Father, I just I want to pray for all the families that were affected 20 years ago. Um, God, 9-11, like my brother Bo was saying earlier, that was like our Kennedy assassination. We all know where we were in those moments. I'll never forget where I was. God, I can remember being heartbroken from that, and I was just an 18-year-old kid. I can't imagine what the families are still going through today. So, Father, I just claim peace, joy, and some type of understanding over those families. God, I want to pray for my brother today that is starting a new church, that are planning today, a Mosaic Church. God, I just pray, my brother Josh that's there, prayed over a couple weeks ago. Father, I just ask that you give him direction and the congregation follows the vision that you've given him. Father, in this moment, you have given me a word. This is completely from you. So God, in this moment, I need you to take all pride, selfishness, anger, any nerves, anything that will be distracting me from giving your word today, Father. I ask that you take it away from me and you replace it with your love, your word, your boldness, God, and your courage. I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. God, we claim these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. Okay. Today we're going to finish our series on You Are Called. This is a series that we actually started seven weeks ago. Seven weeks ago. It's pretty funny how it ended on seven weeks, right? Who in this church knows what number seven is? Completion, thank you. Everybody in this church is going to know that. You know, that one sermon, like everybody's going to know that from now on. Seven is completion. I did not plan that, by the way. If y'all remember, I actually thought I was going to finish it last time. But God had me, because, it, <laughs> because I preached for about 40 minutes and I wasn't done yet, he was like, all right, you need to stop. People need to go eat lunch. So I stopped. Now we're going to start it back over today. Today I want to finish. On that day we had different characteristics, and it was faith and love. And through the last seven weeks, we've discussed many different characteristics that it takes when God calls you to a mission, the characteristics that you need to accomplish those missions. We discussed humility, obedience, patience, discernment, confidence, courage, knowledge, wisdom, and faith. Today, we will end it with love. That's what we're going to end it with today. What is the biblical definition 
of love. That is very, very simple. It's God. Time out, guys. We are having technical difficulties. Everybody give Dustin Martin a round of applause. Mike, are you sure about that? Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. We just read it. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is... Thank you. Let's try that one more time. For God is... Awesome. I love it. I've always wanted to do that. Like, that's really cool. Okay, so guys, listen. Two things that we need to get from this verse. Number one, God is love, obviously. But number two, that you must have love to accomplish the mission that he gives you, okay? Because it, it says right there, but anyone who does not love does not know God. Well, how are you going to accomplish a mission from God if you don't know God? Y'all follow me there? Okay. You got to know God. You got to have love to know God. So love is extremely important. And here's the thing, guys. We've said this before. This world is extremely tough. As Christians, we believe in order to accomplish the mission that God has given us, that we must use the greatest weapon that God has bestowed upon each and every one of his children. And that is love. Amen, right? So you say, okay, well, how do you know that's the greatest weapon? We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. Thank you. Okay, see, y'all think I just stand up here and just start talking. I mean, there's actual scripture that backs this stuff up, okay? Not only is love the greatest weapon, it is also a command from Jesus Christ himself. Mark 12, verse 30 through 31. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second one is equally important love your neighbor as yourself no other command is greater than these love's pretty stout right love is so powerful love can love can make you do something completely stupid it's like the one thing right that can make you look like a complete idiot, okay? I, I, remember, I remember when I was a kid, um, some of y'all will remember this. Back in the day, man, you, we went, okay, who in here, raise your hand if you're like between the age of 35 and 45. Raise your hand. Okay, so y'all go get this, okay? Back in the day, when, when you got a girlfriend, you had these things called ID bracelets. Y'all remember ID bracelets? Y'all remember these? Y'all don't remember these? Yeah, yes, maybe, a little bit. Okay, y'all were just cheap and didn't buy your girlfriend one. You should have bought one, okay? I saved up money to buy my girlfriend an ID bracelet. I was in the sixth grade, if I remember right. Man, I loved this. I was in love, okay? Sixth grade, I was in love. Like, this is the girl I was going to marry, right? In the sixth grade, okay? So, so I save up this money. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm I went up to the jewelry store, worked for my dad, just tried to get some extra money and so forth. So anyway, save up enough money, and I get this ID bracelet. It took me like, I don't know, a month to save up the money for this thing. I get her name on it. See, that's what an ID bracelet is. I didn't explain that. You get their name on it, okay? Or you get your name on it, and you give it to her, okay? So I did. I got my name put on there, Micah, on the ID bracelet, you know, and I give it to her. And, and, and she kind of looked at me funny, but she took it. She took it. 
And, and then the next day she dumped me. <laughs> so I was stuck with my own ID bracelet, a mica bracelet, you know. I should have done, how many of y'all watch Friends? Y'all remember Bracelet Buddies? Y'all remember that episode? That's what I should have done. Bojo, I'm going to get you one. Says Bojo on it, we'd be Bracelet Buddies. <laughs> we'd do that. Why you, why you, you don't want to do that? What about you, Mikey? Yeah, we <laughs> you know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> but see, guys, when we have the mission of love correct, and then we're going down the right road, but the problem is, is a lot of us Christians have the mission of love completely wrong. See, most of the times we look at the mission of love as it's us against the world. It's Christians against the world. Like, you see what's going on in the Middle East, and we're like, man, if I could get over there and I could fight for them, that's what I do, right? Like, it's us against them. Am I right or am I wrong here? Does anybody else feel that way? And that's wrong. See, God's already accomplished, and he's already beaten the world. He's already defeated it. Our job is to set the example of love to get them to turn to Jesus Christ. That's our job. We got it all wrong, guys. I can't stand to be flipping through YouTube, and I see some pastor that is just screaming about it, and he's just, oh, we got to go over there. We got to kill him. We got to get him, and so forth. Yeah, listen, don't get me wrong. There's a time that you have to stand up, right? God says do all things through love, and there's a time that you have to defend your country, and you have to fight, and sometimes you may have to go to war for love. But our first mindset needs to be, what can we do to get them to see Jesus Christ? If we can't, then we break out the love, right? Okay, amen. We have to love people the way that God loves people. Guys, it's very hard to do. Right now, I want you to think about the person that you love the absolute most in this world. I want you to just vision that person in your mind. The person that you love absolutely most. Some of y'all are laughing like, like I'm wondering, like, is it the one sitting next to you or is it not the one sitting next to you? <laughs> now I want you to think about, right now, you've got that person, right? Okay, that's the one you love the most. The one you can't live without. There's no way. Like, you would just go insane without this person, right? Now I want you to think about the one that you can't stand, that just drives you crazy. For my wife, it's probably me, Okay. She is both of them. She loves me the most, and, and she, you know, I drive crazy the most. And that's the thing. Some of y'all are looking at me like, yeah, I understand. Can they, be the same person? they can. They can. But I want you to think about that, right? Like, you got this person over here. Like, I'm going to give you an example, okay? Obviously, my wife, right? That's who I love the most. And I bet there's no way I could live on this earth without my wife. No way. So, so just envision her right here, right? And, and then when you go to the other side, I would say probably, we'll be very careful here. Ooh, let's just say, okay, I'm just going to say this, because this was the one person that I did despise the most, and since we're talking that this is September 12th, Osama bin Laden. Let's say he's alive, and he's standing here. I love my wife. Can't stand this dude, Right? I want him gone. I want him taken out of the gene pool. Like, that's how I feel. This is going to blow your mind. God loves them both the same. Yeah. 
Until he takes his last breath, he loves them both the same. The minute he takes that last breath, now he's got to deal with God. Do y'all understand this? How hard is it to visualize this, though, guys? The Word says that we have to honor everyone. It doesn't say you just honor Christians. It doesn't just say that you honor your elders. It says you honor everyone. That's hard to do, guys. That's very hard to do. I'll be honest with you. My flesh, and that's why God sent Jesus Christ down to this earth, because he knew our flesh couldn't love these two people the same way. But we got to try. Love conquers all, right? Bless you. I'm not going to go any further on love. I think everybody understands love enough. Am I right? Can I get some head nods? Like, y'all get love enough there? Do I need to explain that any further? Okay. By the way, how many of y'all, when you were like my favorite person on this earth and you were envisioning it, was your pastor? I'm just curious. How many of y'all? <laughs> We've come to the end of explaining these characteristics that you need. You need these characteristics to accomplish the mission that God calls you to. Now I want to show all of you, all of you Christian warriors, how to be prepared for the mission calling. Let's go to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. From the fishermen, excuse me, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Now, okay, here's what I need you to get. The very next verse, don't go there yet, Nick. The very next verse, what Jesus just did was possibly illegal, especially in today's world. Let's go to verse 3. He got into one of the boats. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. I'm going to stop right there. Y'all are looking at me like that's normal. So I challenge you today, when you leave here, I want you to walk outside. I want you to pick out the nicest car in the parking lot, and I want you to hop into the driver's seat. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, y'all act like it's normal. I mean, Jesus literally, y'all catch this now, did not greet Simon Peter. Did I say, hi, hello, how you doing? Didn't say, go Cowboys. Didn't say anything like that. He jumped in the boat without a word. Are you going to do that to somebody's car? Come on. <laughs> right? No greeting, no conversation. When the owner of that car, by the way, comes out to you, and they say, what are you doing in my car? Just tell them, say, listen, I saw your Christian word sticker on the back. I assumed you were a Christian. I need to borrow your car. Okay. <laughs> I still won't see how that goes, though, by the way. This is exactly what Jesus does to Simon Peter. He just hops onto the boat. Peter didn't know him. Peter didn't know Jesus at that time. It was the first time he ever met him. I want to ask you guys a question. And a lot of y'all are biblical scholars in this room, and you know who Simon Peter is. Have you ever thought, why did Jesus pick Simon Peter? Why did he pick Peter? Have you ever thought that? I have. 
And I can tell you why I think he shouldn't have picked Peter. I mean, Peter had a bad temper. He had a bad mouth. He was a know-it-all. He, he was a very angry man. I mean, somebody that cuts off somebody's ear, I mean, they wasn't raised the right way, right? Like, But guys, why would he choose Simon Peter? I've heard many pastors that have preached on Peter. And a lot of them say it was because he was bold. And he was a very bold man. I'll give him that. One of the greatest heroes to ever walk through the New Testament, right? I think we can all agree upon that. But I don't think that's why Jesus chose Peter. I don't think it had to do anything with his boldness. You see, I need y'all to envision Jesus at that time. He's getting pushed back to the sea because the crowd's getting so big. This is before, I need y'all to understand this, you young people, this Bible was written before social media. He didn't have Facebook. He didn't have Instagram. He didn't have Twitter. He didn't even have TikTok. Jesus needed a boat. And you know, I think about Jesus at that time, and this was a man that was in the beginning of his ministry, and we know from the book of Matthew that Jesus can walk on water. If I was Jesus at that point in time, and I wanted all these people to listen to me, I'd have been moonwalking and preaching to them on the water. Right? Like, who's not going to listen to a guy that's doing that? But guys, he wanted to use Simon's boat. I know this is three pages, and some of you are like, oh my gosh, that's three pages? It's like size 17 font, okay? I'm a little blind. This is where the creator teamed up with the created. Jesus wanted to use someone's boat. I do want y'all to think about this. I don't know why Jesus would want to use somebody's boat, especially my boat. Why would Jesus want to use my boat to spread his word? My boat is dirty. It's got holes in it. The sails are torn. My boat's not as big as some other people's boats. So why would Jesus want to use my boat? I need y'all to take hold of this today. The condition of your boat doesn't matter to Jesus Christ. The minute that you allow him in your boat, it's perfect. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did last week, last month, last year. He wants your boat. And it don't matter what it looks like. Guys, it can be sinking 
and he'll heal it. He can use the smallest, dirtiest, nastiest boat. And he can turn it into a cruise liner if he wants to. Amen? Uh, I want to go back to Luke chapter 5, verse 2. I need y'all to catch this part also. Where did I put my dang tissue? There it is. I need y'all to see that Jesus, it says he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge. Two empty boats. Y'all may not, this is a Micahism, a Micahism, definitely not biblical. But I truly believe that God is trying to make a very important point here about the two boats. Number one, we all know God doesn't have to use us, right? But there's two boats. He chose Peter. How many of y'all have read that verse and noticed two and it never talks about the other boat? There's two boats sitting there. He chose Peter's boat. My Micahism is, if Peter kicked him off the boat, guess where Jesus would have went? To the next boat. I feel God's trying to show us something right there. Don talks about this a lot. If you're not going to allow him to use your boat, he'll go to the next one. Guys, and he wants to use it. He wants to use you. He wants you to be that vessel. And I promise you, if you don't follow through, he's still going to get his mission completed. He's just going to go through somebody else. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be that person. Ever. One more thing from this story. Luke chapter 5, verse 3. I'm going to go back to that. I know I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place. I'm dyslexic and ADD. Get over it. That's just what I do. Catch another word. He got into the boat, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. The word I need you to get. He got into the one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked. He didn't demand. It's not what he's going to do. He's going to ask you. Can I use your boat? He's not going to demand it to you guys. And that's what he's doing today. He's asking you if he can use your boat to spread his love. Again, guys, he's telling you that he loves the dirtiness of your boat doesn't bother him. He may even stink a little bit. He doesn't care. He can take your boat, and he can accomplish missions. You should have confidence in that. That's a big problem. We cower down. We think we're not good enough. We look at the person sitting next to us and we think, well, this person's got more knowledge and wisdom and so forth. You know what? It doesn't matter. God didn't choose them. He chose you. 
And let me tell you something, when God's on your boat, you've got all the knowledge and wisdom you need. I promise. Let him on your boat, guys. And what I love about that, too, again, he loves the way your boat is, right? So in other words, he loves you the way that you are. You know, I, I've heard this, and I don't mind, I don't mind this. I really don't. Um, I've heard many people uh, just whispers, you know, well, you know, that pastor at Christian Warriors Church, you know, he, he's a hick. I wish he wouldn't talk like that, you know, or, you know, he has no biblical education. He didn't go to seminary. You know, I hear that a lot. You know, I wish he'd preached this way. I hear that sometimes, too. God told me to plant a church. And the next thing he told me, don't change. I want you the way you are. And, and my brother Bojo reminds me of that all the time. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. You, you may not remember this. But when I, when, when I visited with Bojo for the first time, said, you know, God's called me to plant a church and so forth. He looked at me and he said, don't change. You don't know it, but I needed that confirmation because I thought I needed to. I thought I needed to. Go start taking an online seminary class. Guys, when God calls you, he's calling you the way you are. If he's calling you for a mission, he's already prepared you for that mission. You run with it. Don't change who you are. If people don't like it, they go church somewhere else. There's a lot of them out there, right? This past week, I wasn't here on Sunday. Will preached. Y'all, I know Will isn't here, but give him another round of applause because I know he's watching. Good job, Will. In fact, I kind of thought y'all would be like, you know, when I came, they'll be like, where's Will? You know, like I was. That was supposed to be my Sunday off. We went and took Caroline, my youngest, uh, for a trip in Dallas for her birthday. That's what she wanted. She didn't want a birthday party. She wanted to go to Dallas. So we went to the Gaylord Texan, uh, which is a great place. I love that place. Anyway, so we go, and, and Sunday morning I get up early, and I go down to the gym, and I'm exercising. And, and I'm sitting there exercising, and in walks this father and a daughter. And this little girl was probably five or six years old. And for those fathers in here, especially the two that, you know, we just anointed your daughters today. Any father that has a daughter, when you see a little girl, it's just like it melts your heart, right? Like you're like, oh, I remember when my daughter was that age, you know. So this little girl walks in. She's got the blondest hair I've ever seen. And just, you know, bouncing around. And dad's in there. Like, I can tell he's a little stressed out. Like, well, I got to get my daughter out of here. I'm trying to work out, you know, and so forth. But, but this little girl, I'm looking at her, and immediately God tells me. He says, that girl is anointed. And I need you to go pray over that girl. That's weird. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. If I'm in the gym with, with Annabelle and somebody walks in there like, I want to pray over your daughter, but don't touch my daughter. <laughs> so immediately, obviously, this is what I'm thinking, right? I'm like, God, really? You know, like, I don't want to bother this this, this dad and this little girl right now. And plus the dude, by the way, he had tattoos all over his arms and stuff. He was kind of cut up dude. You tell he's like ex-military. And I was like, I don't want to mess with this dude, right? Like, I just, I just want to work out and go eat breakfast. That's all I want to do. But no, God said, you need to go pray over this five-year-old little girl. So I'm fighting with him. 
and we're going back and forth. And I'm like, first of all, God, is this really you? Is this really you telling me this? And all of a sudden, I saw him start to go to the door to exit, and immediately I reached down and grabbed my key card because the Spirit was not going to let them leave without me taking that key card and running after them because I knew I needed to get back in and finish out my workout, right? Like, you feel me? Okay. So I reached down and grabbed the key card, and that's when I realized this is God because I wouldn't just do that at, at, at a quick instant. You know what I'm saying? So I start walking over to him. He's got his back turned to me, the father does, and the little girl's looking right at me, and I'm walking up. I'm grinning, looking at her, you know, so forth. And I walk up to the, to the gentleman, and I hear him say, dang, your mama needs you to hurry up. See, he was waiting on mama to come get the girl so he could exercise. I'm going to get to the point of that in just a second. So I tap him on the shoulder. He turns around. His name is Justin. Shook his hand, told him who I was. Didn't tell him I was a pastor. Just hi, my name's Micah. I'm here with my family. We're just spending the weekend here. And I looked at him and I said, are you a believer? Immediately he says, yeah, I'm a believer. And then I noticed the cross on his necklace. And I said, good. So hopefully you'll understand what I'm fixing to tell you. I need you to catch something real quick. God's asked me to do this a lot of times. Not one time has it been an unbeliever. Not one time. It's always been a believer. Again, he's not going to call you to something unless it's ready. Do you understand? If that was an unbeliever, he'd have said, Mike, I need you to go get them to salvation like now. You see what I'm saying? But he wanted me to pray over this child that was anointed. So I tell him what's going on. I said, man, I said, God has given me a word for you and your daughter. Your daughter is anointed and he has a major plan for her. Her name was Skylar, by the way. I'll never forget that name. And I have no doubt that at some point in time in my life, I'm going to hear that name again. And it's going to be a great victory behind it. So I tell him what's going on. And I said, can I pray over you guys? He said, absolutely. And he turns around to start to go outside. We were going to go outside and pray. And he said, oh, there's her mom. God's timing. He was waiting that whole time on her to show up. And the minute that we turned around to go outside to pray over their daughter, Mama walks up. So now I'm praying with Mama, Dad, and their only child. One more point to this story. When God told me to go pray over this little girl, I'm sitting there, and y'all heard me say I was fighting with him. Finally, I gave in, because I always do. I mean, he just, I don't even know why I fight with him. I'm going to give in. It's like fighting with your wife, okay? Like, you're going to give in. You're you, you going to win. Like, just go ahead and do it, right? Like, it, it never, men, quit wasting your time, okay? Just roll with it. So, so I finally give in, and as I'm walking to the father and the daughter, I say this to God, you won't give me one day off. And I said it in a joking way, right? Because, like, I'm not being serious with God. Like, I'm joking, right? And my God is, is full of humor, okay? And I was expecting humor back. I need you to catch what he said. Again, I say, God, you couldn't give me one day off. He says to me, why would you want one? My God's got a sense of humor, but not when it comes to his work. When it's time to go to work, it's time to go to work. 
God will give you the rest time when you need it. But by gosh, when he needs you to stand up, you better run after it. Guys, why do we want a day off from spreading his love throughout our community, our town, our state, our country, and our world? Why do we want a day off? If I told you guys that when you woke up in the morning, I would hand you $84,600 as soon as you woke up. And then I promised you if you'd spend every bit of that money, that $86,400, if you'll spend every bit of it by midnight, the next morning you wake up, I'll give you another $86,400. And if you spend it all, the next morning I'll give you another $86,400. And I'll do that for the rest of your life. Now, I really won't. Guys, I ain't got that kind of money, but just follow me here. But if I told you that, you'd spend it, right? You're going to find a way to spend every penny of that $86,400. There are 86,400 seconds in the day. Don't waste them. Use every bit of them, because guess what? If you do, he'll give you another 86,000. 400 seconds the next day. You live every day. These people that we lost 20 years ago on September 11th, you live every day like it was September the 10th, 2001. That's how you should live every day. You know it's your last. You should live every second of it for God. Amen?